0: Welcome, thank you for joining me, Henry G here with you, Global Women Sports Radio. Global Women's Sports Radio now available on Anchor, Stitcher, Spotify, and Radio Public. Download your favorite app and subscribe to Global Women's Sports Radio. You can also participate in our conversations and debates by joining our public group on Facebook, Global Women's Sports Radio. Now before I introduce my guest, there's a topic that I've been discussing on Twitter quite a bit. And that's the WNBA's need for expansion. Now, the first reason I believe that is because when you look at the NCAA, there's so much talent, it's so loaded that too many quality players are going undrafted every year. Now, look at the Warriors and their reign of dominance, and I think the WNBA really missed the boat. How can you not have a team in the Bay Area with the same color scheme as the Warriors and with those players from the Warriors doing PSAs and part of the promotional campaign for the WNBA? so that's the first reason i know everything boils down to dollars and cents people say the WNBA doesn't generate revenue there's not enough fan interest and to those people i wholeheartedly disagree look at major league soccer major league soccer has been aggressively expanding for the past 10 or so years and i believe expansions save major league soccer and just look at major league soccer and some of the cities that most recently expanded to atlanta i believe averages 50 to sixty thousand fans per game seattle portland huge success there so again we've seen major league soccer grow to a level that many thought was impossible for soccer here in the u.s now in order for the WNBA hypothetically to expand to be successful i believe you have to a find owners with deep pockets who are willing to invest in the product b find cities and regions that are starved for sports and then C, put together grassroots marketing efforts in those areas prior to expanding to those cities. So just my two cents, let me know if you agree or disagree. Hit me up on Twitter, at Henry G Promo, that's H-E-N-R-Y-G-P-R-O-M-O. All right, so coming up shortly, I'm excited. I'll be joined by big time player Shantae Stonewall from DePaul University right after this on her and her career at DePaul.
1: Big time players make big time shots. Those were the words from Nepal's Shantae Stonewall herself after scoring the game-winning three-point play in a come-from-behind victory over Marquette in the 2019 Big East Tournament title game. The big-time shots continued for the Illinois native her senior season, finishing first on the team in scoring, averaging 17.4 points per game, and leading the Blue Demons to their third straight Big East Tournament title. Not only a threat on offense, Stonewall's ability to attack both sides of the court stood out her senior season. The All-American Honorable Mention spearheaded a DePaul full-court press with the second-best turnover margin in the nation, earning the conference's unanimous decision as Defensive Player of the Year. And if what the small forward did on the court wasn't impressive enough, Stonewall also shined in the classroom. The Big East Women's Basketball Scholar Athlete of the Year was named to the 2020 Kasada Academic All-America team as well, carrying a 3.68 GPA. Big-time player, big-time shot maker, Shante Stonewall.
0: And first of all, pleasure to have you on. Thank you for joining me. Go ahead, let everyone know who you are, what you do, and also where we can find you online
2: my name is shante stonewall for, former forward from nepal university um you can find me on instagram and twitter username is C K stoney that's t-k-s-t-o-n-e-y 22 with the underscore and that's on both instagram and twitter and then on facebook is just shante stonewall you can find me
0: now, when you stop and reflect on your entire career at DePaul, take us through, give us the good, the bad, the highs, and the lows. Uh,
2: we'll start with my freshman year. just a big transition period, of course, for a lot of freshmen. Um, it was very difficult, the style of play, um, the quote-unquote DePaul ball was very difficult to um, learn and um, just buy into. Um, however, after a year under um, great leadership and you know being able to be coached by Bruno, um, my sophomore, year, um, I landed, landed myself a starting spot uh, about halfway through the season, um, and then going to my junior year, things started to pick up a lot. I really did my summer workouts harder than I did the you know the previous summers, um, and it really showed. Um, I had a great season, ended up um, hitting the game winning shot for the big tournament. So, placed placed a win over Montana University. Um, and from there, that earned me a second team that season, also earned me a second team of all biggies, which was super unexpected. Um, and then, uh, going on to my senior year, hit the summer hard again. Um, had big expectations for myself, just coming off of, uh, of a, like a, you know, a grand finale into my junior year. So, um, it was a lot of expectations for myself, my team. Um, I'm sure for my coaches. Um, and, uh, handled my year pretty well. I thought I took care of business. Um, had a lot of fun with the girls. Uh, I thought I elevated my game um, on both my offensive and defensive side, um, which earned me a lot of accolades at the end of my season. And I'm super proud of the team and um, how we came together and like uh a little history about our team this past season. We had the best starting record that the pods ever had in many years. So um, that's just to say something about the team along with my own personal team. But it, it was a great season. Um, I'm proud of myself and how I have evolved as a player and as a person, um, and I keep to see what happens next.
0: All right, now take us back to the beginning. When did you first start playing ball, and who were some of the players you looked up to as a youngster?
2: Um, I started playing basketball when I was in first grade, along with a lot of other uh, sports, track, gymnastics, cheer, uh, biddy ball, you know, you name it. My parents had me in it, um, and then I kind of gravitated towards basketball. Not only did I excel in the sport right away, but uh, my height and my athleticism, really stood out um amongst my my own peers um and i fell in love with the game started doing aau um some of the people i looked up to and i really tried to uh mimic mimic my game after of course kobe Bryant. that kind of uh game really inspired me once i got to high school and college um but growing up i really tried to you know just mainly look up to women at the time because you know I, i'm a woman so i really had. Um, I was really starstruck by Maya Moore. I thought she was an amazing player. She still is. Um, I know of players like Skyler Diggins. Um she was in college, I just really loved her style of play and her execution as a point guard. Um, and then as uh, I got older, Della Don stood out to me. Um honestly it's like so many players' game, like I love um, KD's game. So it was just a little bit of everybody's game that I, I kinda try to memory my game after, whether it was their athletic presence, their offensive game, their defensive game, um I tried to uh quite a little bit everybody named
0: my own. Interesting. Then when did you realize you had the talent to play at the D one level?
2: Uh that's such a funny question because growing up, uh we always said uh, we always kinda in my mind I always kinda skip college and I always say, you know, we're gonna go check the WNBA. Uh didn't really know what college ball was all about, didn't really you know who were the elite teams other than UConn. That was the only team that I really knew was, you know, the top tier team in um in basketball, college women's basketball. Um but then as um, people start to say, you know, as as my family, you know, you know, she's pretty good. You know, you, do you think she, she can go to Division One? I? I was not educated about what it took to get on the college level. I didn't know the places I should be playing at, the teams I should be on. Um, but I had a lot of help from my community. And um, my name got out there just by going to these different teams. And um, I had to kind of venture out of my own city because they didn't really have a lot of um, uh, I wouldn't say talent, but a lot of girls who went to play basketball in my team, so I have to go to another town um, a couple miles away from my house in a city called Peoria, Illinois, where I started my AAU team, and they really helped me kind um, of get my name out there. played a lot of Nike ULVL tournaments, um, and that's where it took off. Um, that kind of exposed me to knowing more about college basketball and what it took to play on the next level.
0: Now, talk about what, if anything, stood out from your visits to DePaul. Uh, what the recruiting process was like, and why ultimately you chose to go to DePaul.
2: Oh yeah, um, the recruiting process was fun, but also stressful. You know, as a 15, 16, 17-year-old, you don't really understand that you're making a very, very big decision that can impact the rest of your life. Um, so it was kind of overwhelming, but also fun to see. You know, you get all the attention from all these coaches. So I was taking about 11 serious offers, and then you know the rest of the teams were kind of schools that I knew I really wasn't interested in. Um, and then going into my junior year, I told myself I needed to make a list and you know try, kind of have a top five. And you know it's been years, but from, from my memory, I knew I was considering Nepal, Mizzou, Florida Gulf Coast, um, Alabama, and I can't even think of the last ones. But there was like those were the kind of like my, my top five options. And um, I had an opportunity to go to the Paul elite camp, um, individual skill elite camps, and, you know, be able to meet the team and, you know, talk to Bruno, um, Coach Bruno a little bit more. And um, I really liked what I saw. And then I went home and, you know, woke up one day and just felt like that was the school that I needed to go to. And so, you know, I made my th- decision from there. Um, and what attracted me to them was their style of play. Um, of course, you don't go to college to lose, so it was their winning tradition. Um, it was so impressive to me that they were one of, um, Minimum, minimal teams that were able to make it, you know, so many times straight in the NCAA tournament. Um, I was super impressed by that Um, playing in Chicago, which is literally down the street from my house. It was like really nice to be able to stay close to home and um, top twenty five in the country. You know, you can't get better than that. So that's what made me want to go there. Um, I hope I answered all your questions.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're good. Also wanted to get your thoughts. Of course, no March Madness due to COVID-19. Unfortunate because it seems like the field was more wide open than we've ever seen. More programs with a legitimate shot of winning than we've seen in the past. Um, and then Sabrina Ionescu, her historic season. So when people look back in five to ten years on the 2020 season, what do you think are the moments and stories that will stand out and that they'll be talking about?
2: Oh yeah, Sabrina's an amazing player. Uh, I don't think her name will ever be forgotten. She this um uh, she definitely set the bar high for uh, these next generations to chase after her. Um, but then also, um, if people paid close attention to the season, like you said, this field was wide open. You know, there was upsets almost every week. You know, top 25, but one week somebody's number three, and then next week they're number nine. Next week you got the number 25 team at number 11. For example, Northwestern, they, they had a, an amazing um, upcoming. Um, I mean, they were on the rise, um, just, you know, having a great season. Um, even DePaul, you know, if it wasn't for our Creighton loss, you know, we could have been top 10 in the nation. Uh, it was, I mean, the field was really wide open. Um, and so I know um, at the time, March Madness would have happened, you know, I feel like a lot of teams would have uh, really, 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 really settled in with their team. And um, definitely uh, it was going to be a huge surprise about who would have been national champion. I'm not going to say it was going to be DePaul, but I'll I say we can have a good, a good run in the NCAA tournament.
0: That's fair. So you believe you were set up to make a run deep in the tournament?
2: I mean, I believe so. That's, just, but that's just kind of confidence I have in my girls.
0: And what about pregame rituals?
2: Um. So uh, we always do pregame. I make sure I make uh, my my ten free throws in a row and and one three point shot before I leave the gym. Before we, you know, we're sent back to our rooms. Um. <laughs> Uh, I don't eat my food right away. A lot of the girls eat right after the shoot I kind of take my food back, nap a little bit, but when I wake up from my nap, that's when I eat. Because, um, you know, we burn a lot of calories in the style of play, so I try to eat my food right before the game. <laughs> um, and then I always make sure as I'm getting taped and stretching out, I always have a big old plate of fruit. And the fruit typically um, included grapes, pineapple, strawberries, that was my little go-to. Drink a protein shake before the game because, like I said, you, you burn a lot of calories. And I know, uh, depending on the game, I was gonna have to play, you know, up to 40 minutes. So I really wanted to make sure I was fueled. Um, myself and the other captain, Kelly Campbell, we always were on the court first, and that was kind of our like, um, our kind of like our sacred time, just to, you know, be able to fill out the gym before anybody was in there, and um, you know, do our own little dribbling rituals and um, just kind of have our little bonding time, just us two seniors before the rest of the players are on the court. Um, of course, listen to music. Uh, I kind of kind of, play my headbangers in the beginning when I eat my food. But then as I get closer to game time, I, I need relaxed music to like relax me. Um, whether I, I thought the game was going to be a hard game or whether the game was going to be um, a really, really you know, not as challenging game, um, I always had nerves for every game just because, like I said, that's just a competitor in me. Just uh, being excited to play. But I always use gospel to calm me down. So I always play a few gossip songs before I ran out to the court. And so that's that's my pregame game
0: Now a while ago we touched on how wide open the field was in the NCAA tournament. I believe the NCAA is so loaded with talent that the WNBA really needs to consider expanding, not only to grow their brand, but also to give more talented women an opportunity to compete and play in their league. What do you think?
2: Oh, I think that'd be a great idea. Um I know just uh, a lot of people that would benefit from that. Um however you know, the reason why it's not here is because of uh, the funding, I'm sure, that the WNBA is not receiving. Um, however, I think that's, that's a brilliant idea. Um, and like I said, we'll give so many girls opportunities. Um, you know, even training camp um, invites aren't promised to actually make a spot. So I just think it would be another way to, you know, get a lot of talent um, into the league and, you know, just make it more competitive.
0: Now tell us about your goals, your plans moving forward, and what do you have coming up that fans and listeners could be looking forward to from you?
2: Um, we're gonna see how these training invite, um, yeah, these training invite camps, how they how they turn out. Whenever you know that kind of process can uh, start for the WNBA, and you know, just you, you know, with this COVID nineteen, it's just kind of a lot of uncertainty. So, um, not really sure how everything stands. You know, our agents, I'm sure a lot of agents are being very protective of their players, not sending them overseas. You know, if it's not safe. Um, so honestly, I really can answer that question perfectly for you. Um, however, um, staying in shape, I'm keeping a good mindset, still love the game, still excited to play. Um, I know, uh, just you know, trying to just remain positive. I know I'm gonna have a great um, career on the next level, and so you know I'm just kind of trying to stay prepared for whatever happens. And like any day, uh, this COVID-19 thing can be you know out of the way and you know, the world can resume back to how what it is. And I just want to make sure I'm ready when that time happens. And when my name is called on, I can um, step up to the plate and be able to perform.
0: And with COVID-19, what are you doing to stay productive, remain active, and also stay connected to, I guess, former teammates and coaches?
2: Um, My coach actually calls me all the time. I I would say at least twice a week, sometimes three times a week, which is so nice just to hear him and, you know, just be able to, you know, keep my spirits high. Um, Other than that, you know, I stay motivated by just doing my own workouts. Um, You know use that as distractions from you know a whole day of doing nothing um but yeah get in the gym um being able to lift weights and stuff like that um go on a lot of runs when the weather's nice and even when the weather's not nice um so those are the things that i've been doing to stay productive and like i said just you know this is a time where a lot of people need positivity in a dark place so i've been really trying to see myself in 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 a good headspace
0: and where would you say was the toughest place to go on the road and play
2: for my four years, I will say UConn in Storrs, Connecticut. That is a, a very, very difficult uh, <laughs> environment to play in. Uh, like the qual, we get a lot of support, but um, we, I don't think we ever sold out a gym for my four years living there. And to be able to play in that environment, uh, almost sold out. Uh, that was uh, that was tough. Very loud. Um, and also, all the NCAA tournament games were loud and rowdy, and you know that's the type of part environment that you look forward to playing in. Um, so I never mind. Um, mind I, I never really minded that but uh and I will say we uh, uh DePaul that's what was actually in the pre-WNIT and we had an opportunity to play Oregon, Oregon State at Oregon State and that was uh I did not expect how right those fans were going to be so that was like super nice to have like a um a playoff environment in the very beginning of your season because a lot of teams don't get to experience that
0: and is there anything we didn't have an opportunity to talk about that you'd like to say to fans and listeners here on Global Women's Sports Radio
2: uh, I just want to just say thank you for um, showing your appreciation for women basketball. Um, thank you so much. Uh, it never goes unnoticed. And throughout this uncertain, um, uncertain time, I hope everybody's staying safe, stay healthy, wash your hands. Um, um, and I just want to be that uh, boost of positive energy. Stay with it. You. You're not alone. We're in this together. Um, and it was great having talked to you today.
0: Thank you for your time. Appreciate you taking the time to come on, be a part of Global Women's Sports Radio. Lastly, give us the links one more time. Let us know where we can find you online.
2: Again, CK C-K-S-T-O-N-E-Y 22 underscore. That's both on Twitter and Instagram. And then you can also find me on Facebook, um, Shante Stonewall, C-H-A-N-T-E space
0: Stonewall. Bless up, world. Have you heard about social distancing?
1: You gotta stay at home if you can.
0: This is very serious, we have to stay home. Not just to protect yourself, but to protect others.
1: You don't wanna spread the coronavirus in your community. (laughs) Don't go outside, even if you think you're fine. Stay at least six feet away from other people. Two arms length.
2: Two arms. Do not hug. Don't shake hands. Yeah, no touching for now.
1: Any avoidable trips, avoid.
0: Nope. Not traveling anywhere.
1: Pick up food. Or get it delivered
0: staying home helps lower the risk for everyone protect your life protect your loved ones and protect the world we can save lives
1: okay stay at home stay at home
0: stay at home that's the key
1: just because you're at home doesn't mean that we can't be alone together 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 cool